0: Welcome to Things That Are Thought. I'm John, and to my right is Scott. This is the fifth episode of our podcast, during which we try to engage with complex ideas related to anthropology, sociology, philosophy, and science, and try to apply them to our everyday lives. This started because both Scott and I are students, and we're constantly bombarded with new ideas that we're trying to make sense of. We figured if we're discussing them anyways, we might as well share the conversation. So today's topic is related to gender, and we're going to be focusing on Judith Butler's gender trouble. Now, we have a pretty cool episode because our guest is actually a fan of ours, and we had, he had reached out to us on Twitter, and we started talking, and uh, we decided we want to talk about it more. So, this topic was kind of chosen based on that conversation and wanting to extend it further, uh, because I feel like a conversation through tweets is never right. the best <laughs> conversation. So, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Joe. I'm from Houston.
0: And, um... I know that you were kind of interested in this topic, so do you just kind of want to share what got you interested in this and um, kind of what you were interested in talking about today?
1: Uh, I've always been a fan of thought experiments, and when it comes to how society is versus how it should be or could be, those are always the most fascinating. And uh, listen to the things on gender. I thought back to my days in the Army. I had a friend that actually transitioned after the service, so it's always been a fascinating topic to me.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. So, um, so I'm gonna introduce the topic really quickly, uh, get into Judith Butler a little bit, and we'll go from there. How does that sound?
2: Yep. Let's go.
0: Okay. So, starting out, it's important to know that Judith Butler conceptualizes gender as the very apparatus of production, whereby the sexes themselves are established. So, gender is not simply a product of culturally imposed expectations on sex. But it's actually a societal conceptualization that helps to influence our individual conceptualizations of sex and gender. Uh, She doesn't necessarily think it's a biology thing. Um, She thinks that basically there's like these macro level influences that are kind of communicated to us um, and kind of they they trickle down into everyday life. Uh, Gender's not fixed or binary. It's a cultural conception and uh it's very limiting and it's oftentimes dominated by what she calls the masculine um specifically she kind of talks about the heterosexual matrix which we've talked about in another episode as well but it's basically this idea of um hegemonic masculinity uh emphasized femininity and uh heterosexual normativity so basically uh our society says that, you know, being what we could conceptualize as a manly man, somebody who's, like, powerful and dominant, is is uh, desirable. Versus being a woman, you have emphasized femininity, and what society dictates as being desirable is being kind of quiet, sexualized, um, and, you know, appealing to men, and very subordinate. And then, you know, our overall goal in society is to basically have heterosexual relationships in which you know we we fall in love and right. whatever um, so she also argues though that um, gender is a performance so it's not necessarily inherent in us but instead we're performing those social ex- those social expectations that are being imposed upon us so basically you know, men think that they need to behave a certain way because society says men should behave a certain way. So it's not inherent. There's no need for men to always want to be dominant or to necessarily be, like, violent or less emotional. That's something that we're acting out because society tells us we should. And um, women, you know, aren't necessarily nurturing uh, inherently, but instead I think she's kind of arguing that women are told that they have to be nurturing and, you know worried about appearance and and things like that. Um, And this kind of comes into this concept of Connell also, because she kind of actually really delved into hegemonic masculinity. And she also kind of goes into that idea that there's messages from society that are constantly being conveyed to us. So um, we are told to be a certain way. We see it in magazines. We see it in movies. We hear it in political rhetoric. There's just all of this stuff that comes from this macro level that influences us and then because it influences us we go and act it out and therefore kind of um, perpetuate that, that status quo um so, that's kind of the basics of it I know, uh Butler also gets into this idea of um I believe she talks about um, not transgendered people but um People who uh, cross dress. She was saying that, like, I think they called it the drag scene. She calls it drag in there. That this is like a challenge to these norms that we have, and it's kind of like a spoof on these norms that we have. And the very existence of the drag scene shows that gender is a performance because people are performing a different gender, oftentimes with kind of a wink and a nod to the fact that they know that they're kind of out of the norm. Um, and so that's kind of where she goes with it. It's really interesting. Her book is really long. It's very dense. Um, and she she has several books, actually, but it, it's, it can be pretty challenging. But those are, I think, the really important concepts in it. Right? It's interesting
1: what you said about the drag scene because of how you see them portrayed in, in movies and stuff where they're overly flamboyant and the, uh, uh, what was that movie, Priscilla Queen of the Desert kind of, Kind of stereotype, but in societies like uh, South Korea, they have like burlesque, burlesque drag shows and and shows with um you know I don't she males where it's it's an entertainment value. Really? Yeah that that unsocial norm over there it's hugely popular.
0: That's interesting. You know we see that um I guess in New Orleans there's like this bounce scene within music and I, I heard that there's a big drag element to that as well. Um, I mean like I, in Vegas maybe they do some stuff with that too. I'm not sure though. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah, um, well, with that I think it's kinda it's kinda trickier. Is it more of a show for some people? Yeah. Where some people yeah. are just comfortable comfortable in it.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think like within that idea of the show, we have that question of like are we empowering people, or are we kind of making a spectacle of them? You know, like I guess intentions and the way it's received is pretty important in that regard. Right. You know, um, because if it's if it's purely for entertainment value, then I guess maybe it's not necessarily a good thing or empowering.
2: Right. It's all it's all perception, though. I mean, like depending on who you are, you can look at it either way. I mean, you you could factor you
1: could factor that same question to strippers at this day and age. I've heard forever, is it? The meaning to the women on stage or is it empowering to them? And I think it's about how the person on stage perceives it
0: Right, I, I agree with you. I actually read um this this book by Lisa Lockford called um, Performing femininity and she actually she was a researcher from um, the University of Toledo, I believe she was doing her, uh, her dissertation and so in her research she took on three different performances of gender And the first one was Weight Watchers But the second one was actually Becoming a stripper for a night And so first she It was an ethnographic study So she kind of hung out with the stripper And her boyfriend was also a male stripper And she basically kind of described it as like They were just like smoking pot and drinking And they were pretty cool with everything And it sounded like maybe she was like smoking pot and drinking But she kind of left that out of the conversation a little bit You know But um, (laughs) she was like hanging out with them And uh You know, they were empowered by it. The boyfriend, you know, was cool with his job. They were cool with each other's job. And the girl that she was following was, like, totally into it. You know, she felt like she was in control on the stage and she had a lot of power over the men who were watching her. Uh, But when Lisa did it, she said that it was, like, the worst experience of her life. She actually left early after only, like, one dance because she felt so, like, ashamed and uncomfortable. And so I think a lot of that is kind of that question of, like, it's how it's perceived by the person actually yeah. doing it, you know? Um,
2: I, th- I think, also, some personalities are more capable of, like, being <laughs> that open, I mean. Yeah, yeah, there's,
0: there's people where you know they'd be fine being strippers, Yeah, you know, or, like, whatever. And, and then you get it, some, like, academic bookworm that, like, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna try this, nah. Yeah, she's like, I, yeah, exactly, like, <laughs> she, she's probably not the person to be on stage naked.
1: I could not speak from direct personal experience, but I could tell you from my ex-wife. It's it's something that you gotta you gotta kind of already be dis uh, prepositioned to.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to tell us you were a stripper. At first. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh no no I, that's second hand
1: experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean like there's definitely um, people I meet where they're like very comfortable with themselves. Mm. I read a cracked article actually that was talking about like these perceptions of porn stars, and, you know, there's, like, the debate about porn and degradation and, and women and stuff like that, and there is, like, a lot of, like, really bad stuff that happens, in that, but one of the things they said is that porn stars don't have a low self-esteem at all. It's actually the exact opposite. They have an unusually high self-esteem, which, if you think about it, kind of makes sense, because, like, your oh, asshole yeah. and stuff is being shown to like, millions <laughs> of people, like,
2: that, right. you know, yeah, you I have to be pretty models, confident.
0: Right. Yeah, you have to feel pretty good about yourself to be <laughs> willing to do that, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Like you're not hiding anything, <laughs> so... Yeah,
1: especially with all the cameras and lights, and you gotta remember, when they're performing, there's, from what I've heard, several people around, it's,
0: it's you know, okay. it's you like can,
1: acting on a, in a movie.
0: You can just tell us you've been in a porn movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, like, it's a film set, right? So, like, not only do you have to think about the fact that, like, people are watching it, which is weird, but you don't see oh, them, yeah. but there's, like, a bunch of weird, I I'm imagine very weird people... Just hanging out. Like, you know they're kind of creeps. Someone's back there eating a sandwich. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a craft craft services table. (laughs) Exactly, and you have to stop and do it over. They're kind of commenting in between bites. Like, very weird. So you see that guy
2: there. It's like at a family reunion. It's like, wait, is that guy
0: in our family?
2: Like, just doesn't belong
0: there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just very uncomfortable. I I mean, to bring it back to, like,
1: the... um, trans shows and stuff like that it's is it is it a merely a way of dealing with being an outcast and finding a culture where you are not only accepted but kind of idolized
0: yeah it's
1: another fascinating i think uh, there's, thought
0: i think there's a lot to that thought in all honesty i think that part of that culture that exists with um you know like cross-dressing and the drag scene is that idea of like having ownership of it you know like having power over that scene and the stigma around it and, you know, choosing how you're kind of defined because, you know, it very well could have been something that people kept in the dark or were ashamed of, but instead it was, like, the exact opposite. It's, like, it honestly, like, looks like everybody's having fun, you know? It's just, like, this really crazy, like, celebration that's, like, people are very, like, like, energetic and they're very, like, you know... Theatrical and it just looked really fun and like it could didn't necessarily have to be that way It could have been a very dark thing and I think it was turned into something far more positive you know based on just the stigmas that Could surround it. It's Mm -hmm. you know, so I think that that's a good point to to think about and just also within this idea of gender itself is kind of like so they are performing gender and like you hear about people who who um, you know didn't go through transition but they're transgender and like nobody knows you know so like in a way it kind of proves that gender is a performance yeah at least the way we conceptualize and recognize gender a lot of it is performative it
1: is you see where where I would argue with that though is uh there's certain things that biology whereas society can have macro effects I think biology can have macro but also major effects as far as that Um, one of the podcasts I listened to in research for this interviewed a, uh, female that was transitioning to be a male that not, not, I'm using that biologically, not, not by gender wise. And, um, they stated that once they started taking testosterone, it kind of like turned them into a a sex monster. You know, they kind of became that stereotype of the guy that can't stop that thinks about sex every 10 seconds. Really? yeah
0: that's really interesting actually uh yeah i'd never really
2: yeah it is it is interesting another thing that i kind of think about a lot is like the idea that uh like these roles that we've kind of given like the male female kind of binary genders it's like these things are the most efficient for like our human species it's like uh i don't know male uh men are more capable of like having like large muscles whatever so they can be like the protector of the house as like we've you know what i mean like you were saying yeah. as the gender role like they're supposed to do that so they are but uh, looking at it from a different light it's like they're more capable of doing that and same with like women they're more capable of nurturing as like I mean they can they can breastfeed as you know, I, I, <laughs> Scott, you can breastfeed,
0: you know that, right? If you just If then, I believe. <laughs> no, that's a real thing. It's <laughs> yeah. get lactated before you like breastfeed. With the I'm right sure. hormones that you can <laughs> yeah. get
2: helped. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um Yeah, but I think like also there's an important distinction between sex, which is more biological, and gender, and I get what you're saying where like sex maybe does influence gender in some way. I think maybe these gender norms you know they they're partially derived from um, religious beliefs, and the ways that people, you know, like the Bible or whatever said like people should be. I think that's part of it uh, because there's some evidence that says like before that like gender rules weren't quite as stringent as they are now. Yeah. But I think we're also shifting away from it again because it's not necessary. Like you don't have to be strong to be a guy, and you don't have to be like nurturing, you know, as a woman anymore. Like. You can kind of be either one, based just because of like technology and the way society works now. Like, you could be the caretaker of a kid as a man, and your wife could be like the breadwinner, and you know, you guys own a gun, I guess. So, uh-huh. you don't really have to be strong. Like, you know, right. there's a lot of that. that... That's
2: like the convenience with modern society. Like, yeah. even a hundred years ago, that's not the case.
0: And I think that's maybe why we're seeing that shift, though. Mm-hmm. We're like, I, it's honestly partially like. Granted, you know, there's, like, tipping points. And so for, like, 30 or 40 years, we didn't see any of the stuff that's happening, and it seemed like all of this kind of had a quick shift. But, like, how quickly people accepted it once it shifted, I think is pretty amazing. Accept
1: except is a strong word.
0: <laughs> I mean, it depends on the—I guess it depends on where you are in the country, too. I think some areas are definitely more open than others. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's crazy that the Republican candidate— was like, no, nah, trans bathrooms are fine, or transgender people can use any bathroom they want, like, that's fine. Like, that's kind of, a, that would never happen, even like 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, Barack
0: Obama funny. ran against gay marriage, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I found that to be an interesting point, especially since after after the Supreme Court legalized it, they had the the rainbow flag on the White House and the, with the, all the lights, but not even, it was seven years ago where he ran on the platform of, of marriages in between a man and a woman
0: yeah. yeah it feels very hypocritical but that's just how dirty politics are too like it's a very like just gross thing you know where you just say shit to get elected you lie to people you know yeah <laughs> yeah you know I hate the color I hate the color blue too blue's banned now and then three later, your house yeah. is blue you know like you just say whatever you need to to get what you want <laughs>
1: you, you could easily start a whole new podcast on just that especially with the election cycle we've been having oh,
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> I know, like, uh, just just the the amount of things people have said and taken back, and it's it's weird on both sides, because this is like, granted, I haven't been able to vote for that long, this is my third presidential election, and uh, I already, am just like, I don't even want to vote, because I feel like I lose either way, like, I don't like either candidate. They're... Which
2: STD would you rather have? Yeah, it's like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I won't say either of them are, like, AIDS, but it's like, a, it's like, <laughs> They're just a little itchy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like a choice between like herpes or genital warts. Like they're both gonna come back, you know. So like, it's kind of a lifelong thing now. Which one do you want? Yeah. Listen, I've been eligible to vote
1: for 14 years, and I haven't done it yet because the more the more I learn about politics and the more I research it, the more disingenuous I I am about it. The more disenfranchised I feel.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to, especially, and I feel kind of the same way. I studied uh, political science at one point and it was something that I got out of because I was just like, this is all just bullshit. Like they have, literally these guys are just like shaking each other's hands and then talking shit on each other after they walk (laughs) out of the building. It's like a high school, like girls bathroom, you know, like they're just like, Hey, what's up Becky? And then they walk out and, you know, walk into the bathroom and talk shit. It's like, it's all bullshit. They all are just basically just taking money from companies, and nobody really has any...
2: That's a job, man.
0: Yeah, they don't have any actual, I'm pretty sure, like, moral beliefs, except for, funny enough, crazy-ass Ted Cruz. I truly think that he is, <laughs> he's fucking crazy, but he, he's, I think he actually believes in that shit. He's a worm, though. He literally looks like uh, a worm. A <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he would take worm over the Zodiac Killer
1: that he <laughs> I mean, I mean to bring it around, it's it's funny to see how money influences decisions in popular culture, not just from politics and who contributes to the campaign, but look at every, you know, I'd hate to say southern state because I live in one, but every <laughs> southern state that's passing some ridiculous law, or some law that the media portrays as ridiculous, like the bathroom one in South Carolina or whatever state it was, yeah, and. And all the big companies threaten, like, to pull pull their companies or stop their production in that state unless they, ret- you know, go back and undo it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, I think that's kind of unprecedented. And, I mean, like, I obviously because I'm on the same side as the companies, it's like, oh, great, that that could happen. But at the same time, it's absolutely terrifying to think that a company can stroll in You know, and say like, hey, you're going to do this. They're basically just like finally like coming out into the open. They've been hanging out in a cave like Gollum and they finally found their ring. Like they're just going to take it. They're just like, hey, listen, we do run the fucking country. All right. You're going to do what we tell you or you're going to pay consequences. And I think that's like a weird moment of transparency of our political system that we don't often get to see in which companies are just straight up threatening people. Or saying, or we'll reward you. We'll bring our jobs back to your, you know, your state if yeah. you do what I tell you to do, kind of thing. And like that's exactly what's happening behind closed doors. And uh, you know, it's just like amazing that we get to see it. Now, granted, the all these tech guys are like giant douchebags. You know, I think like it's partially a publicity thing, and they feel like they're going to get, you know, more users by doing it
1: oh yeah how, how much of them is agreeing with that point of view because they know that not because it's right but because they'll get more support for it
2: oh absolutely yeah
0: like they know who their fan base is it's people who align with that political view you know if they if majority of Facebook's users were conservatives they would not back that bill you know I mean they wouldn't have gone against the bill they would have backed it even possibly you know it's just like it's all bullshit well, you always
1: hear it about in swing states. You never hear about it in states like Utah.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about Utah. That's because you know they don't my drink four, coffee. My yeah. four wives are gonna use that women's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like all the big lobbying groups. Like they don't use drugs. They don't use medicine. They don't like. They don't <laughs> drink coffee. They don't drink booze. Like who the fuck wants to go to Utah? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Let them have it. Um, There's no money in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> except for Mitt Romney. I feel like he single-handedly brings their their averages up. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, uh, you know, yeah, you always hear about this. It's all about publicity. I also think it's interesting the way that this campaign's going to go. Donald Trump talks about other candidates, like uh, a fucking children's book writer or something, like the author of a children's book. He's like, Kooky Bernie and Lion Ted and what's the other one? Uh, dirty. Uh, or Hillary crooked or... Hillary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, crooked Hillary. It's like stories. It's like it's like characters in a little kid storybook, which is truly how I want to believe that Donald Trump sees the world. Like he's just like everything's a cartoon, and he's just kind of floating through it as the hero, just running into like all these whimsical characters, crooked Hillary and crazy Bernie. Um, but it's like he's it, walking down the yellow brick road. Yeah, and Toto's on his head. Two pay flies off, he has to stop and pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like... Uh... <laughs> but, you know, we're going to see, I think, especially in this election, like the amount of just how gender plays into this. You know, Hillary Clinton is an asshole for pulling the gender card already with like... They tried to have that campaign where it's like, if you vote for Bernie, it's because you don't want a woman to win versus it's being like, well, you are entirely corrupt. And you're <laughs> yeah. kind of a bad, shitty person. And your husband has been implicated possibly in the rape of several minors like on the Lolita Express
2: South Panama Papers. And yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, that's like ridiculous. you have links
0: to the Panama Papers. Your husband has links to Lolita Express, which apparently was some like child raping thing. That's like legit, I guess, exists, and like you fucking just go out of your way to be like evil. Versus you know Donald Trump, who I think also goes out of his way to be evil, but the only problem is
2: he's he not that style. good.
0: He. <laughs> Hillary Clinton is like an actual Bond villain, but Donald Trump is like an uh, Iron Man three. When uh, Ben Kingsley's character was just like a facade for the terrorist group, and it was actually just like someone pulling the strings. Uh-huh. Like he's just the face of something, you know. Uh-huh. He just likes the attention. He's like uh, I, I like. I like the idea that Crack floated out that
2: uh, Donald Trump's like if a hillbilly won the lottery yeah. and had the, all the money, the gold That was and... the perfect yes. Yeah, that oh, it makes perfect sense. He, that was the he
0: gets, he gets involved at the WWE. <laughs> has big
1: buildings with his name on it gets gold toilets, yeah. on a gold rocket
0: car. Yeah. Yes. He he he's like literally like you know what I need I need to shit on solid gold. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what the fuck?
1: The only
2: president to have ever been power bomb.
0: <laughs> 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 That's so fucking embarrassing. Like I'd like to think that. This is all actually just a tie-in with the WWE. And he's gonna make like a ton of money. <laughs> like if there's a, if like the election's real close, he's gonna be like me and Hillary in the ring. <laughs> he's gonna be strong arm. Who, who knew the movie "Idiocracy" would come true this soon? This soon, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. And you know, it's like uh, he's gonna be dealing with world leaders, trying to arm wrestle them, calling them calling them Nancy boys and shit. He likes Putin though, which is weird. Kind of not, I guess. They're the same thing. And it's weird that uh, oh.
1: Russians like Trump, so... Oh, fucking, well, this might they fucking... This might be the first time that uh, U.S. and Russia get along since Reagan.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the Russians are just pumped because they're like, man, that guy's a fucking idiot. We're going to have a field day. Like, We're just going to fuck the Middle East up in the meantime and just get all of our illegal shit going down with nobody doing shit about it. That He's going to be too busy building a wall to keep out the Mexicans that no longer immigrate to the United States.
1: Well, you got to we're talking about Russia. This is a society that they one-arm hang off of buildings and take
0: a selfie. <laughs> well, you know, if I lived in yeah. Russia... With, I, with the mantra
1: of don't be, don't be a wuss. Yeah, Yeah.
0: well, it's like if you lived in Russia and you just woke up every day and looked out of your window and saw that shit. I mean, I see why they jump off buildings yeah. tied to, like, fucking... <laughs> tied to, like, ropes that they tied together, you know? Because it's like, fuck it. Like,
2: yeah.
0: if I die, sweet release, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like... Russia looks like like the most bleak place in the world but it's just like exactly what the apocalypse would be if you just decided that it was just gonna be your playground if you're just like fuck it I live here everything's falling apart I'm just gonna do whatever I feel like
2: the funniest thing is that the video of that big-ass meteor, like, flying through the sky. <laughs> <laughs> People are just, like, recording it, like, wow.
0: Yeah, they're <laughs> driving it. towards it, you know, yeah. it, nobody slows down their car even. What, what they forget to tell
1: you is they all, everyone has dash cams because <laughs> they're afraid of being taken advantage of the police.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's actually why they have it. Because the police will fuck them over and, and rip they have to literally prove that they didn't do something so they can't get, like, extorted by the police. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> My favorite is because of all those dash cams. like, I watch videos, I went through this phase a few years back where I just watched, like, every video I could find of just, like, sh- crazy shit in Russia, Yeah. and there's so many fights that just break out, like, if they see a fight in Russia, like, 50 people just rush towards it, <laughs> and everybody kicks, <laughs> and nobody fucking punches, they all kick each other, it's amazing, it's just, like, absolutely, like, it's almost, it's almost whimsical. Like part of me wants to bring To, to bring right. back to gender, how many females do you see in that fight? Never. You never <laughs> see no. women doing anything in Russia! <laughs> <laughs> Cuz they're they're still like smart enough to know like I don't want to jump off that fucking building. <laughs> hey, if you go strictly
1: by YouTube, the only people the only females you would think are in Russia are the over 50-year-old ones that
0: look like uh They've been through the Cold War and back. Uh, really <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, except they're not actually fifty; they're twenty-five. They were in that, <laughs>
2: that, yeah, they're wearing that bonnet on their head and yeah. like. Yeah, it's it's the same lady with the
0: same bonnet carrying groceries <laughs> yeah. I actually worked with Russians a while back. Uh, I worked at a restaurant, and this Russian server—he was like a cool guy. Uh, his name was like Vlad. He's like a cool guy or whatever, but you know, he was like totally sometimes oblivious to like the norms of American culture I guess and like one day he was just like hey you want to see something cool come out to the car so I like, like alright dude so like I walk out to his car he opens his trunk and there's literally an ak seven in his trunk with like four handguns all loaded and he just hands it to me he's like what do you think and I was like cool man and then he told me how he like hunts bears and shit and I was like what the fuck
1: from a cultural stance I live in Texas so that's pretty normal (laughs)
0: is it? yeah well
1: not as normal where we live not as normal where we live Uh,
0: I was pretty honestly I was pretty shocked I was like holy shit dude (laughs) he's rich now he got other Russians he had a whole scheme going where he had he started a cleaning company and he would just have other Russian immigrants come in and he would let them basically like he'd pay for them to live in a house and pay them like dirt money to go clean places and he's like the head of it because he's an American citizen Oh, yeah. and so he just made like a fuck ton of money and quit being a waiter <laughs> so American dream I, I, I
1: don't know if it's the same where you're at but I see the same thing with Chinese buffets all over town and I'm, I'm convinced it's the same thing where all the waiters, waitresses and cooks probably live you know within the same apartment complex owned by one person who owns that restaurant and several others yeah they probably just oh, have like yeah. a room in the back with. I know,
2: in it. I know there's a few around us where literally like Two people will be working the kitchen, one person working the register, and there's, like, the rest of the family hanging
0: out in the back. Yeah, and there's, like, cops. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are there 20 people back there, like, sitting in a lawn chair? It's fucked up. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I guess it is a money saver. You know, the more roommates you have, the less rent costs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, people people come over here, and it's, it's the American dream. Believe it or not, it's, you know, it, it's still alive and well, despite what you'd hear in the news. It's age-old story of immigrants coming over two nickels in their pocket and and building an empire right yeah
0: yeah you actually I mean you do you hear about it a lot and the thing is is that you know with all this rhetoric about immigration you know like I think we forget that our country was built on that idea and that you know we need to be open it's good for us to have different types of people and it's good to have you know people who come from a different culture they're gonna think differently than us they might have some innovative ideas to contribute you know, but, I mean, the American dream, even with, like, tech companies, I mean, even these young kids who were, like, nobodies, and then three years later, they're freaking millionaires because they just had a good idea, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's alive and well, and I think, uh, you know, maybe part of it is that maybe as a culture, we don't believe in the American dream as much, and maybe that's why, part of partially why we're so anti-immigration or something. I mean, I know it's xenophobia and fear of the other and all of that, but... It's just kind of an interesting thing to think, like your an- your ancestor did that, but now you're against anybody else doing it. You
1: yeah. Know? Well, I mean, a lot a lot of a lot of hate and everything st- stems from the fear of the other, and how much of that goes on with the gay and the gender roles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I've, oh, I work
1: ahead. with uh, I, I work with people, that you know, they they just don't get it. And this is uh, one of my favorite mind fucks to to say. Is I would ask somebody, you know, if you had sex with somebody that transitioned to be a female, would that be would that be gay sex? And they'd be they'd say yes because that person is born as a male. So then I flip it around. It's like okay, so what if they were born as a female and
0: transitioned to be male, and you had sex with them? Would that be gay then? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that's good. (laughs) It it, kind of makes you think. And yeah, and then. Uh, well, <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good flip on it. The other thing that I heard that was a really good mind fuck is like somebody was, you know, they, with this rhetoric of, um, you know, like transgender people not being allowed to use these bathrooms, like, like just use any bathroom or whatever. Like somebody said, like, does anybody think it wasn't happening already? Like, how would you even know? You right. wouldn't even know it happens already. You've gone to the bathroom. And there's been a transgender person there, and you didn't even know, so why do you care? Right. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, ex- exactly. That's why I say, who cares? It's
1: No no one's going to be checking your junk as you walk into the bathroom. If you yeah. look convincing enough to use that bathroom, no one's going to bat an eye. And,
0: and, and, you know, the other thing is... And like, they
1: all have stalls anyway. All the bathrooms could be
0: unisex. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, in colleges, people... Are going to do oh yeah, like the, the dorms. Yeah. It
2: was like, yeah, you walk in and it's a pod. Like,
0: yeah, everyone you know? goes
2: in the same bathroom.
0: So what's the big deal? And the other thing is just like, uh, you know, like I don't know what people are doing in the bathrooms, but if you're like really worried about people, like, if you're that concerned about people looking at your dick, it's probably because you've looked at someone's dick. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> like, because like it's not women who have the problem with it. It's men saying that we should be worried about women and men being predators or whatever, but I think it's really just guys being like, oh, my, my dick's tiny. <laughs> I know, because I've looked at people with bigger readers. I, I don't think any one of the big dicks ever been worried about people looking at their dick. No, yes. it's only the tiny dicks. <laughs> I, I've had a couple friends,
1: and they are the first to friggin' get naked
0: that's <laughs> like if you have abs you're gonna find an excuse to take your take shirt off your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're just sitting they like take their clothes off they're like dude it's, it's just my birthday party i was about to blow out the candles like, yeah i just yeah. wanted to you know make it more fun <laughs> oh it's 60 degrees it's so hot in here sure, <laughs> Shirt you know the other thing is like i hear about this predatory idea they're like somehow the rhetoric keeps going back to this idea of, like, gay or transgender or... Yeah. you know Anybody who's not, like, heterosexual, like, genders, you know... Yeah, it's, or like they're, they're it's like, they're
2: bad people, so it's like... Yeah. We're not saying transgendered people are bad. We're saying that predators are bad, but they're, uh, then they're grouping they're saying them together. That, yeah, but
0: then they're saying, and by predators, we mean transgendered people. Because, yeah. you know, it's like they always couple gayness and and like transgender, you know, like anything outside of the of the basically the heterosexual of what norm. They know, yeah, is yeah, like immediately casting people as predators, like why one, it's honestly a bit flattering for a lot of people, because like I think they overly assume that like maybe like a gay dude's gonna be into every guy he sees, like, no. Mm-hmm. A gay dude's gonna be into a hot dude because, you know, that's how it works for everyone. Um but two, is this like idea of like if a guy wanted to be a predator, he could walk into a woman's bathroom anyway and abduct a kitty watch. Go in there by themselves, and you know you hear about weird shit like that. Like, there's no difference. It could happen anyways, and it has happened. So, like, I don't know why they. Like, if a guy dressed with a full beard, dressed yeah. totally like as a guy who is a guy, walks into a woman's bathroom, people are still gonna still, be like, yeah. what the fuck?" You know? I mean, that's not a transgendered person,
2: right? I mean, the argument you always hear on the other side
1: is people saying, well, I feel like a, they're going to say, I feel like a, a female today, so I'm going to use the woman's bathroom as like some mischievous way to take advantage of it, to sneak a peek or something. And it's people allocating how, what they think they would do in that situation. Yeah, stuff exactly. Like that.
0: Yeah. It's again, I think what we get a glimpse into is like uh, people's dark thoughts. Like, the shit that they hide in the back of their head, but the shit that they've thought about before. You yeah, know it's mean? like,
2: I won't do this because of, like, my moral standards, but if I didn't have these standards, this is what I would do, Exactly, which is like, up. it means
0: you've thought about it. Because, yeah. like, in all honesty, and the other thing is just, like, it shows, like, the, the just egregious misunderstanding. hmm You know, I don't think they understand that, like, being transgendered is not something that people just, like, bounce back and forth between. I mean you know it's something that happens over time and maybe in the beginning there's like a, a push and pull between you know like figuring out identity or whatever but it's not like a choice and it's not something that people just make shit up for like it's 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 a mental you know like it's a mental state it's the way somebody identifies you know it doesn't just go yeah, that's, away. Uh,
1: that's one thing if you look into it's you you not wake up tomorrow and go get a sex change just no. just to do that in the U.S., you have to go through months and months of therapy and then hormone therapy. But you have to sit down with actual mental health professionals and talk about what you're feeling and stuff. It's it's not like a, a boob job where you you could go in and get an A cup, you know, get a uh, go from an A to a D cup. It's it's something that you have to be evaluated on before anyone will even bring a knife to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and that's
1: like, that's something that people everyone doesn't look into or fully understand.
0: Yeah, it's it's a serious serious process. Like even with Bruce Jenner, like I'm very skeptical of the Kardashians in general. I don't like them. Um, I think they are all about publicity. And I was skeptical about Bruce Jenner when he first said that he was um, transitioning. But like now that it's like a like it's been a while, you know what I mean? And I know it's not. I, I truly believe that like it must be legit. Like, at first I thought if anybody would exploit this, it would be the fucking Kardashians. But now I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's legit. Like, you know, he, it would have, he went through everything, which means that a lot of, he spoke with, you know, people who specialize in making sure, because it's a permanent surgery, you know, you can't just go through that. You have to really, like,
2: You to I
0: mean, you got to devote and people, you know, that's not something you take lightly. <clears throat> people want to make sure you're making the right decision because you can't change it, you know?
1: Oh, from, from what I hear, he still has his tackle. Does he? Yeah. Interesting. I'm sorry I said he, but...
0: She, yeah, so she... Well, yeah. you know, and, and maybe that's something that... I mean, some transgender people do do that. Maybe it's... I don't know. I mean, like, I would be scared as fuck to get my, my dick all cut in half and sewn up into my gooch. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a fucking scary...
2: Again, though, either way, like, why does it matter? Like... Yeah, like,
0: fuck it. Like, more power to him. Or her now more mm-hmm. power to as a society yeah. we
1: really put too much stock into what other people are doing with their genitals
0: yeah we think yeah. about it a lot we think about we th- <laughs> I mean we had dicks come up at our <laughs> presidential debate so you know who's dicks bigger or smaller <laughs> or whatever, like Jesus Christ <laughs> you know and- the, the, the real
1: funny thing one of, one of my uh, favorite pastimes is the American populations, you know, north of 319 million people. And if you ever have a question, this is one of the things Google's great for is, what percentage of the people are blank in the U.S.? And for as much talk as it gets, seeing the absolute minimal percentage that represents the U.S., and, you know, what causes that? Um, everyone on, I'm sure everyone here has heard about gluten intolerances and stuff. Yeah. Right. And it see it's gluten free on, on anything that any food that could publish it. Yeah. If you go to if you go to Denny's they'll they'll advertise that the bacon is gluten free. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but l- less less than one percent of the population in the US has a gluten intolerance.
0: Right. And yeah.
1: it's the same the same thing of transgender, it's a huge talking point, but in reality it's 03 percent of the population.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. It's 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 something where, you know, when you think about it like that, it's like we're making all this fuss instead of just letting people be. Right. It's not going to... It's not like you're going to have your life overthrown. Nobody's no, going to storm the people, castle.
2: People are like, oh, yeah, back in my day, like, this never happened. It's like, well, it's it, so rare. Like, we have way more avenues now to, like, people. find about this stuff. The media is just emphasizing on it because they're making... Yeah. tons of money off of it so they're going to exploit it but I mean like the more like you hear about it I mean the more common it seems where it's not it's just like well, probably... that,
1: that back in the day argument too is kind of flawed because back in the day it did happen you just people didn't advertise it or it wasn't as safe to be as it is today
0: right exactly now, Alan for, Tur- 40
1: years ago you could or 50 years ago you could be lynched for being a homosexual or blackball from Hollywood yeah. Now, um, Neil Patrick Harris is a national treasure.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a big it's a big shift. And I mean, like, you know, they make that argument, but like the guy who invented the fucking Enigma machine, who helped us like crack Nazi codes, Alan Turing, the first computer, the Turing machine, like he was gay and he was chemically castrated, ended up committing suicide. You know, and like we got rid of. One of the greatest minds of that time, basically, we caused him to kill himself. Well, not we, the British people, fucking, <laughs> fucking Brits. <laughs> um, but you know, like we. I don't Listen, mean, our our hands aren't exactly clean as Americans either. Exactly. Oh yeah. Well, we just have uh, the gen- You know, we just have genocide to worry about. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. Um, you know, like he killed himself because of the way that he was treated because he was gay. And like, what's the big fucking deal, dude? Like, it doesn't. I mean, like, I don't. I guess I've always been against any policy that inhibits somebody's ability to be happy when it doesn't harm other people. You know, like, I'll never advocate for for like Nambla because it inherently is fucked up. Like, you can't, you know, you're hurting right. other people by by being like, a, what is it, National Association for Man <laughs> Boy Love? Yeah. That's, sure. a I swear That's a real I thing. That's a real thing. It's a website. Nambla, Nambla like... is a real thing. Don't go on the website. I know, <laughs> <Google> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it is a real thing. But like, obviously, like you know, people like to make that slippery slope argument where it's like, well, "What about Nambla? Like, there is a, a huge difference in the in what's happening. One is between two consenting adults, or one adult who is making a decision for themselves, and the other is a predator. Yeah, the you know, other like,
2: one is Jared Fogle saying, "Come try this sub." <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's just <laughs> it's just not it's not the same, and I think that. Our politics and our rhetoric and the way people brand themselves and, you know, the fact that we decided that God, for some reason, does need to dictate our our moral compass, even though, you know, a Christian God especially, even though, you know, we're not all Christians, um, you know, it's problematic and it's something that I think is slowly going towards the wayside, but now you see this resurgence of people just fucking clinging to it harder than ever because I think they yeah, see back, it's ending. Back to the percentage,
1: it's about 70 70- of the u.s identifies as some form of catholic really so is it pandering to the masses when it comes to societal issues or is it these people really care
0: see but i would argue that of that 70 percent most of them identify as catholic in the sense of i was baptized i went to a catholic church until i was 13 and got a blow job and realized that i was cool without it and uh I mean, like, I don't think most of those people, those are the people, a majority of those people are people who go and fuck, do drugs, drink, gamble, lie, cheat, steal, everything under the fucking sun, but maybe they go to church on Sunday. Like, I don't think they're people who are truly staunch Catholics who adhere to their, their moral beliefs necessarily, you know? And I mean, like, even in that sense, the Pope even was like, just chill out on the gay people a little bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if the Pope can say it, I guess you don't have much of an argument.
1: <laughs> if you look back in history, though, the yeah. popes had a sliding scale of beliefs, from yeah. uh, saying that gravity was against the laws of God to <laughs> saying t- street lights are an abomination.
0: So I mean, so in that sense, even, in a way, it's even more impressive because it's like, fuck, <laughs> they're they're always behind shit. And even he's like, yeah, gay people are alright. I just so not, that, not just
1: a knock on Catholicism, but you see that with a lot of other. You know, I mean, you never hear about Jews doing it. You, <laughs> Jews only get the, the bad end of the persecution, but Muslims are much, much worse on on these on these issues. Except for and <clears throat> Ru- Russia is pretty bad, and they Russia's have their own really form bad. of a, they have their own version of the Pope.
0: Russia, don't I think Russia still kills gay people. Um, They they outlawed it, but in in the Middle East, it's still very illegal. Interestingly enough, the one thing... uh, So Iran, uh, as fucked up as Iran can be, is... Actually, not can be. It is. It's a fucked up place. Um, You know, they actually will pay for people to have transition surgery because they're so anti-gay that they're willing to pay for people to just... Be the opposite sex yeah. so that it's not gay anymore. <laughs> I'm Probably dead cool. serious. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's like it's almost progressive, except for the reason behind it's just so fucking backwards and <laughs> fucked up. You know, like like party wants to be like, wow, good for them, and then you're like, fuck, man, you couldn't just be good people. You, know, like, you couldn't <laughs> just like just like be progressive in that one area. It's like still just to validate some real fucked up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's kind of amazing. That's the most progressive. Most progressive act for the least progressive reason. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Like, we don't even do that here. (laughs) You know, like, help pay for people's transition surgeries, and Iran does it, but just because they're just, they don't like gay people at all. You know, and it's also, though, you know, it's also with, like, when people look at any religion, though, I think it's easy to, in any religion, Christianity, you know, Islam, Judaism, I feel like, one, Judaism's like what, six percent of the world's population or something, so it's actually not that big of a religion. But um
1: I I think it's less than that. I know it, in the US it's one point eight percent.
0: Yeah, oh. I, it's not it's not that many people. It's just, you know, it's it's well known because of I think, you know, the Holocaust and history in general and, and Israel and our ties with Israel and stuff like that. So I think, you know, people are very aware of Judaism, but um, you know it's always the loudest people that you that you want to paint that picture of everybody you know you want to paint everybody with the brush based on those loud people you hear but you like anything if you're standing in a crowd and one person's screaming like a fucking lunatic it's because they're a fucking lunatic you know like if you're at a movie theater one person's like ha ah, ah, ha ah, mm-hmm. like you're not going to like you're not going to think everyone who goes to the movies is <laughs> nuts you know so like the same thing is true <laughs> with religion like most people don't Necessarily, no people, yeah. yeah, adhere to a lot of those extreme beliefs at all. You know, it, they totally ignore it as being antiquated and outdated. It's just that the ones we hear about are, you know, people who go and commit terrorist acts against abortion clinics, which I know they like to call them mass shootings. It's a terrorist act, in my opinion. There is no distinction. <laughs> um, you know, or people who commit terrorism in the Middle East and travel, been and traveling to Europe and stuff. I mean, like they're extremists. They're not. They're not everyone. You know, it's it's a small group of people who are making a lot of other people look really bad.
1: You remember, was it last year with the Ebola outbreak? Quote-unquote outbreak, two people had Ebola, yeah. and it covered
0: oh every day's worth of news for a week. Yeah, over a week, I think. I mean, like, they kept going back to it for, like, what, two months, three months? like.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were talking about it, like, a month ago, saying, like, they f- might have found another case
0: and it was dude yeah you know what it's called they did find another case it's called like half of fucking africa half the countries in africa <laughs> <laughs> i'm not no no i'm being serious like like half the countries in africa that like have like really bad health issues ebola is not uncommon oh yeah like people the- are dying from it every day you can find about 10,000 fucking cases depending on the country you go to it's just they don't happen here yeah, you know. Yeah. Like,
1: and one person dies from Ebola last year, and the country collectively loses its shit.
0: Yeah, and yet we didn't. And funny enough, we didn't then go anywhere else where it's actually a real epidemic and try to help. We just, <laughs> were, you know, that's fucked up. Like, but yeah, it's sensationalism for sure. You know, even like with terrorist attacks and stuff, it's like it's horrible. But at the same time, by sensationalizing it to get ratings, you're making the act. Even bigger and more successful than if you didn't sensationalize
2: it. Right, the mass shootings, especially. The mass shootings, especially. Just because that's like one of the only things that's like, it's not, it's it's more common now. Yeah. Like rather than it just being more publicized, like it actually is more common. Yeah. Because people make a bigger deal about it. And
0: yeah, people made a big deal about it. If you're a fucking loser who has nothing going for you and nobody's ever going to remember your name and you've never contributed anything. You know, uh, granted, there's a lot of insanity involved with the two, but the pe- but there's a lot of people who are just like a little unhinged, and it's a way to become something. You know, it's a it's a shot at some sort of immortality. Yeah. You know, and if and we just me. ignored it a little bit more, if we if we tra- treat it as a tragic event, but not as, you know, we create heroes out of these people. Basically, we talk about you know, oh, they had this and they had that and they suffered from this, and we now know everything about them, like we make the problem worse. All types of violence acts like that, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's something that uh, the, the gun lobby, I think, as much as I support owning guns, it's they're not consenting to the need for the background checks on mentally unstable people and, and stuff like that.
0: It, I mean, I agree. I think that's part of why you get extremists on both sides. Like, there's people who are so anti-gun, and I think part of it is because... When you watch something that you already find to be dangerous, you know, if you're not necessarily a fan of guns, the last thing you want to hear is, like, something that seems fairly reasonable, like, let's give people background checks, let's make sure they're mentally stable, let's make sure they're not fucking crazy criminals, you know, let's get rid of the gun show loophole kind of stuff. When you say something that's fairly reasonable, people are still able to buy their guns and you just are met with, like, you know, obstinate rejection of anything like that, like... I think it makes people more anti-gun, you know, and the people who walk around with, like, an AK-47 on their back going into, like, a Chipotle or something, like, you know, you also got to kind of wonder, like, you know you're making this worse, right? Like, again, it's a little bit different where we are because you don't see, like, as much gun culture here, I don't think. No. Not outright, but... I, I have two
1: guns. The last one I the last one I bought was on my lunch break. I have an hour for lunch. I was able to buy a gun and get Jack in the box.
0: <laughs> Holy shit! <dude. laughs> what kind of gun was it? What? Uh, nineteen eleven.
1: Uh, uh, I'm not. 40, Forty-five caliber uh, oh, okay. semi-automatic pistol.
0: Okay, so it was a pistol, though. I mean, so... yeah. Okay.
1: But uh, Texas is a pretty uh, conservative state. I could have. I could have bought an AR-15 or something like that, <laughs> easily. I, I just don't want a big toy, because that's all it would be for me, it's... It's
0: not practical. No. And that's the other thing about it is like, you know, I think maybe part of, like, if you don't want to ban the types of guns that aren't practical, like, nobody's gonna stop a robbery with a with an AR-15, right? But, like at least make there to be a little bit more of a vetting process for those kinds of things. Like, you can be a gun collector, but, like, you have to apply for a different type of license and, you know, just, like, make it a little bit harder to get it at least. So that, like, you can't just get somebody going into a parking lot and buying it out of a trunk off Craigslist and it being, like, a totally legit deal,
1: you know? That's the, uh, that's the funny thing, though, and the funny slash one of the great things about America is you could go state to state and it's wildly different. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people that live in New York State, and to just buy a pistol there, it's a three-month process of getting licensing and background checks and paying fees and permits and all this stuff. Right. And in Texas, you could literally buy it in 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I feel like the the, the answer somewhere between those two. You know, like, you probably... Oh, think... no, I fully agree. Yeah. <laughs> Three months seems a little too long, but uh, 15, 15. <laughs> 15 minutes seems vastly too short. <laughs> so, luckily, you know you don't sound like an unhinged guy or anything. So I feel like you know that's good. But what if you've been no, un- just like crazy well, as fuck? Well, I mean, the majority of people aren't
1: unhinged. It's only the unhinged people that make the headlines.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like like I was saying with the religious fanatics. It's the same thing. You know, it's the the person who goes and kills somebody with a gun makes everybody with a gun look bad.
1: Yeah. yeah. And another, uh, another example of that with the religion, what's that church in Florida that... Oh, Westboro I mean, Baptist. Had like, yeah, West, Westboro Baptist. They had less than 100 members, but how much news coverage did they get for their insanity?
0: For years and years yeah. and years. It's like, just don't fucking acknowledge them. They're like bad children. You just don't acknowledge it until they quit the behavior. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I, th- I think Anchorman 2 kind of really nailed how the
1: 24-hour news cycle is with sensationalizing minute things and, and swinging swinging what's news.
0: It really it really, really did. I mean, so much shit is on the news. like that girl who just had sex with 12 guys in a high school bathroom. Uh, it was in Florida, so why do I know about it? And why does it fuck like like I don't want to fucking know. That sounds like an issue that shouldn't be on the news at all. That should be between the parents. Of all 13 children, which is, seems like, if, listen, you know, if you really want to fuck 12 guys, like, more power to you, but maybe not in the school bathroom, because that's fucking disgusting, (laughs) like, like, that's not a clean, that's not the best place to do it, like, that's not clean, I can only imagine how it had to have worked out, the toilet had to be involved, like, but the point is just, like, you know, like, it's just one of those things where you're thinking, like, why do I know about this, you know, like, it does nothing. It it has no purpose in my life. It's not going to affect me. I'm not in danger. I'm not going to think about the world differently. So, why do I even know about it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know Florida is the news haven it is oh, yeah. because of the privacy laws once you're arrested. Any news organization can call, find out why John Doe is detained. Well, it's because he. He
0: stuck a gas mask on his face and then connected the other end to his asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always weird shit. Like, you see so much yeah. weird shit. Every like, news feed. any other state would say, John Doe committed suicide in Florida, they're going <laughs> to yeah. leave all the facts about it. Exactly. Like, you hear about and, that weird shit. kind of deceiving because the weird
1: stuff's not just happening in Florida. No. Right. It's kind of scary. Honestly, my home state, it's happening everywhere. You just don't know.
0: You see a lot of gas mask sales down there, huh? <laughs> I remember that was a that was
1: a legitimate news article. A guy <laughs> hooked a gas mask up to the bottom of his bedpost and stuck the other end of the bedpost in his ass and <laughs> suffocated on his own farts. Going out with
2: a bang.
0: He suffocated from farts. That's, I, God, imagine that fucking obituary. He died doing that, what he that, loved. That story and a... A semi-truck driver was arrested because
1: he was stealing women's shoes to smell them and when the smell wore out he'd donate them
0: <laughs> <That's so laughs> these are
1: two news stories that stick in my head from listening to the radio growing up in Florida well, oh my you know, god know, the
0: semi-truck one I mean that's real fucking weird but like I mean he was donating them yeah I guess he was stealing them, That's the crime. <laughs> I mean, homeless women were getting shoes. Hey, he's, so. like,
2: he's like the Robin Hood of,
0: <laughs> of, of, of women's <laughs> shoes. Never mind what happens in
2: between the time when he steals the shoes and donates them. Hey, yeah. to each his own, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, so, there's a lot of weird shit like that. It's honestly, like, fascinating. There's supposed to be a podcast that covers some of that stuff. Do you know what it is by any chance? I don't. Oh, man. I,
1: I want to find Maybe. it. If you know it, send me a message because I, I would listen to that.
0: Yeah, we do, if I find it, I will because I would love to just listen to weird shit people do all the time. Yeah. The other thing is like, even with like, um, like these murder shows and shit, like I watch those, you know, and like, if you actually pay attention, sometimes they're weird as fuck. Like half the time, I would say, it's weird as fuck. Like everything that the person did leading up to the murder were just like creepy and crazy. And just like imagining like in context, before the murder part, how obscene and ridiculous and kind of hilarious some of it is until, you know, they are a murderer. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, and yeah, people- but how, how
1: much as how much confirmation biased, I'm I'm not going to do it, but I'm sure if I went out and murdered five people tomorrow, you could find
0: plenty of examples from my past of being weird. Oh, yeah, oh, everybody's absolutely. weird. Yeah, everybody's weird. Yeah. yeah, he took his pants off on a golf course. Of course he murdered people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that well, guy has a gas mask somewhere.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, the other thing is, like, if you're going to be depraved, be fucking depraved. You know, you don't half-ass <laughs> it. Like, at that point, I mean, some of these people, I feel like they just realize, like, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. And I'm either gonna to go to prison or I'm gonna fucking kill myself. So I'm just gonna do everything that pops into my head until I do it. You know? I'm kinda of scared. If, for my wife if, right if, now. if you're
1: weird <laughs> enough to want to take a life, I think you gotta have that same personality where you're gonna steer into the skid.
0: Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think that honestly a lot of stuff is. I am a firm believer to some extent. Like, you hear about the killings where somebody just snaps, and those are pretty common. But I think a lot of the stuff that you really hear about with, like, the crazy shit, I think there's, like, legitimate mental illness. And I think to some extent, ruling out just, like, severe anger, which I think could be partially, like, mental illness. I think that, in general, to kill somebody just, like, on the fly, there is some sense of you're unstable. You're not totally sane, you know, Mm -hmm. on some level. Like, there's, like, anybody's capable of it, I guess, but, like, not really, you know?
1: Um, I, I, I could speak from personal experience, our healthcare society and the way we handle things in general, and in the past does not have a good sense of how to deal with me- mental illness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We medicate. Um, Medicaid. Even, even
1: then it's not an exact science. My ex is, uh, she was diagnosed bipolar forever and it turns out it's borderline personality disorder. One of the last times that she tried to kill herself and went to the hospital, she pretty much annoyed them until they let her go when they really shouldn't have. Wow. I, I, I think they were just tired of dealing with her. Luckily, she had the sense to come see me and we got her into a proper treatment. But Yeah.
0: Well, the DSM, you know, a lot of the symptoms overlap for all, so many things. Like, they go on that checklist. So you basically, like... Five things have the same fucking symptoms, but whichever ones you have the most of, they're like, well, you're depressed versus you're like bipolar mean, me, or whatever, you know. I mean, it, even people today, it's like,
2: no, that shit's fake. I mean, like the the people that are smart enough to realize that it wasn't just realized this like a few decades ago, and it's just becoming a thing that we're dedicating time to and trying to figure out. It's scary.
0: Yeah, it really hasn't been a science that long, and then we do we just medicate everything versus trying to work out the the antecedents you know and the in the triggers and the and the stuff that causes it
1: well it's gotten better because we used to just lock them up and electrocute them and do experiments on them so at least at least with medication people can live a normal life it it has gotten better and it, I think it'll continue to do so
0: yeah and i mean you know and the way we conceptualize mental illness the thing is you know it's mental illness is relative to what we consider to be normal you know, and that's the other thing. So as society shifts, I think the way we perceive some of the things that aren't as big of a deal, like ADHD, um, you know, stuff like that, like I think we might not view that quite in the same light in, down the road because, again, to be mentally ill is to be defined against what we would consider to be mentally healthy. And, you know, no mind is the same. So it's hard to really make those distinctions. And, I mean, at, like, one point women being horny – was considered a mental illness you know <laughs> i mean like that's the thing too so getting back to kind of the idea of gender you it's just like as we change our thinking gayness being gay was a uh defined as a mental illness in one of the dsms and the, i think until like the 70s or 80s or something like you know as society kind of changes the way they view who's allowed to be accepted and what behaviors are allowed to be accepted. I think we also changed some of the definitions. Now, some shit is just legitimately batshit fucking crazy. Like, if you're rolling around in shit, you're rolling around in shit. You know, like... <laughs> there's no way around it.
1: Or like the Namba example that yeah. you conveniently put forward earlier.
0: Yeah, like... And, you know, <laughs> like, with, with shit like that, like, what's fucked up is... On Cracked, I read this thing. I think it was Robert Evans looked into, like, pedophiles. Uh, it, he, he talked to a pedophile who isn't like an acting pedophile. He didn't go and touch any kids or anything like that, but he is sexually attracted to children. And one of the things that he said was, the way our system is set up currently is if you have an attraction to children and you disclose that to a psychologist, you have to be reported and you're going to be like basically, you're not allowed to be treated for it and you're put on like a watch list or something like that. Um, And they don't give you treatment. So, like, for a lot of these people who do have a mental illness, I think, you know, that's the other thing, too, where we're not willing to look at them the right way because they sometimes uh, manifest in, like, truly, like, horrible ways. But, like, somebody like that does need therapy. We need to make treatment available so that they don't go and fucking rape kids, you know? So, there's, like, a lot of that shit, too, where why aren't we more concerned about a mental illness like that?
1: Right. You know? That uh, that brings me back to a, a thing I've always thought, and it's the war on uh, the war on prostitution and sex workers. You know, it would if Jared Fogel could go and have sex with a prostitute that you know advertised herself as looking underage. Would he had to prey on children?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like... how,
1: how, how much of these things, how much of this predatory nature are we making? A problem because we're saying that another type of behavior that can help curve it is a crime, like prostitution or the war on drugs.
0: And you know, I think to some extent too, by by making it illegal, we're not eliminating it by any means. Prostitution's not gone. You know, drugs are definitely not gone. You know, so, <laughs> so it's like, all it
1: does is create a black market.
0: Exactly, and what it does is make somebody who is a sex worker endangered, and and it allows for predatory people. To get involved with that and to take advantage and, you know, that's how you end up with, you know, like, sex slaves and stuff like that being treated. And pimps and... Yeah. yeah. You know, versus, like, if somebody truly, you know, that's the way they feel that they... The only way they can make money to support their families and that's what they want to do. While I personally, you know, wouldn't want that for myself or for, like, you know, like, my daughter or something. Like, at the same time, I think it's horrible that we actually you know, like, subject people to the worst possible versions of these things. So, we haven't talked about serial killers yet. <laughs> and we talked about everything else under the sun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we haven't talked about serial killers, and that's just, we got to talk about them. So, I, we had talked before about possibly two different serial killers. And I'm briefly going to mention the one either way because we are talking about prostitutes and this like directly relates, or excuse me, sex workers. I heard prostitutes like really derogatory, so I'm going to go with sex workers. Um, so uh, I forget his name, Lenny something. Uh, he was the Grim Sleeper. He was in South Central, operating in South Central Los Angeles for 28 years. Lonnie Franklin. Lonnie Franklin, that was his name. So Lonnie Franklin basically got away with being a fucking serial killer. For 27 years, because, or maybe it was 23 years, over 20 years, because he was killing sex workers. He was exclusively killing black sex workers, and nobody cared. Nobody treated them as being human. Nobody was concerned that, like, these people were disappearing, being found dead. They knew it was a serial killer, and they did not investigate. And they didn't even let the people in the community know that he was operating in that community for, like, 17 or 18 years after it happened, even though they had known there was a serial killer in the area, explicitly targeting sex workers. What's
2: terrible is, like, that guy was probably looked at, by some at least, as, like, a vigilante, like, cleaning up the work that they couldn't, By, you like, know? the cops, you mean? Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, they don't care about, you know, you know, they don't care about sex workers, they don't care about black people either, uh, you know, and so the two together, I mean, they just literally didn't give one solitary fuck about those people, and it's like, we've just totally devalued and dehumanized somebody you know it's still a person whether you agree with the way they live their life or not you should care that they were murdered violently Mm -hmm. by a fucking serial killer well
1: the, the the first step to being able to deal with seeing people in that light is dehumanizing them if you don't see that uh sex worker as a person then it's much easier to not care about what's happened to them, where the consequences, and that's de- dehumanizing something. that's something the Nazis used back in the day. They they saw Jews as as vermin, not as people. Yeah, right. that's that's the first step to not caring about somebody.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like you know, we do it as a society. You know, we we have a lot of different types of people that we don't give a shit about. Yeah, and. You know, like, with the Grim Sleeper, I think part of it was this idea of, like, well, I'm safe. And so nobody cared that this guy was literally... You know how... Okay, how they caught him, though, is pretty fucking ridiculous.
1: Wait, what? So right, I gotta hear this. So yeah.
0: they figured out pretty much that it was him because his son got arrested, and they did this DNA test. And what they found, because he had left DNA on... He bit them and shit, you know, like... They had his DNA, but they didn't have... They, they had a the serial killer. Right, right. Any DNA to match it to. Exactly. So his son got brought in for a crime, and they took his DNA because of this law that had been passed in California. And what they found was that he wasn't the killer, but that he was related to the killer. And they thought it had to be, like, a father or an uncle or a grandfather. And so they realized, well, it's fucking Lonnie Franklin, who's on Google Maps, on his house. You can see him outside talking to a crackhead on a bike, who was like, I burned a car out for him. Like he literally burned a car covered in blood for this guy for like 20 bucks for crack. 20 but that's, bucks, dude, that's like a steal. The,
2: the <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is a steal. To get somebody to burn your murder car up. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, there was so much exploitation of this anyway, but basically they caught him because they set up this sting, where they just gave him, like, free pizza or something and a drink, <laughs> and they all time. posed that working at this fucking pizza place... And they like gave him a deal on pizza and a drink. And when he got was done, he threw his trash away. They picked it out of the trash for his DNA. And then he was like, "That's you can't do that." And they were like, "Absolutely! Like we definitely can." It's trash. But what <laughs> fucking idiot! All it took was some pizza to take him down. Damn. And he killed. They think between. I think he was convicted of eleven or twelve. One but to twelve. <laughs> no, but so here's what's fucked up. So he had he took Polaroid naked Polaroids, which he had just sitting around everywhere. Like, in his car and shit, he'd show people these Polaroids of all these naked sex workers that he had picked up and, like, forced to take pictures and shit. And he had hundreds and hundreds of women who were unidentified who were possible victims. Like, they think he could have killed upwards of, like, 120 people. Wow. But he was convicted of 12 that they know of he did for sure. It's crazy shit. Watch that documentary. It's on HBO. It's called Tales from the Grim Sleeper. Joe, you still yes.
1: with us? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm okay. still here. It was quiet. i, didn't I was know. in shock. I've heard, I've heard parts, bits, and parts of the story, but uh, kind of, kind of questioning all those free meals I won from dropping my business card in bowls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't kill anybody. You'll be all right. Um, but it's yeah, easy it, <laughs> I mean, I probably got some of the facts wrong on that. But watch that documentary. It's by the guy who did um, Kurt and Courtney. His name's Nick Broomfield. Did, and Big, Biggie and Tupac, that documentary also, uh, it was it was pretty good. And he had, like, this former sex worker driving around with him, and she was just, like, cool as fuck. She's just like, hey, ooh, her ass hanging out, like, watching all these girls walking <laughs> down the street. And she was like, ooh, you look cute. Have you seen this guy? Have you? Did you ever have sex with the Grim Sleeper? And these girls were like, no. She's like, oh, all right, honey, have a good one. Like, it was so, like, uh, just crazy.
1: How, how many stories do you hear of that of, of serial killers taking it, taking advantage, they're cold calculated people. Yeah. And I'm sure he took advantage of sex workers because for the exact reason that no one would care, no one would miss them, no one's going to look too hard into it. And, and it's- all, all the great ones of our day, you know, took, took care of, um, took advantage of people in lower power positions, be it women or young men or you know sex workers it's a going trend
0: yeah and the other thing is access the Green River Killer was the same way he's the most prolific American serial killer in regards to confirmed kills and he killed almost exclusively prostitutes or sex workers also because it was you know you could coax them into your car or wherever fairly easily based on the premise again there's no regulation or standards or safety or anybody watching over them and then nobody would look when they disappeared So, you know, he got away with it for a while. I mean, he killed, they think, over 70, but he got convicted of 49. So even if he did it, I think, over the span of only a couple of years, like, the fact that he could kill 49 people that quickly without anyone realizing it was him is crazy. Like, that could not happen to some random-ass person working at an office. You couldn't get away with killing 49 (laughs) office workers. No. Without somebody fucking catching you.
1: You know? No, a lot of times, if, if a cute enough looking blonde white girl goes missing, it's going to make CNN. <laughs> yeah, and
0: uh, they treat no, it like no, the biggest tragedy.
1: <laughs> no, no one's going to care about an African American prostitute in Central LA goes missing.
0: They don't. They don't talk about it at all. And it's like, you know, again, we're, there's the whole racist part and everything else, but it's it's, it's bad. But the other serial killer that we we're going to talk about is pretty... Pretty amazing story. Um, so we were talking about you listen to the Crack Podcast. I listen to that Crack Podcast, and then I listened to the the, the guests had their own podcast. And I listen to that also. It's called My Favorite Murder. Bit morbid, uh, but pretty interesting. <laughs> A, bit? <laughs> A bit morbid, uh, but pretty interesting. And they talk about this one case, which was related to The Exorcist. So <clears throat> this guy's name is Paul, Paul- Bateson. Paul Bateson, and Scott's gonna tell us about him in a second, but he was literally in The Exorcist. There's an X-ray technician in The Exorcist, and apparently he was just a real X-ray technician. Got hired on, and it's very possible that he was an active serial killer when he was in that film. So, go ahead, Scott.
2: All right, so I've got the the page up on Murderpedia right now, and uh, this guy. He typically went after gay men, or man, as we were talking about earlier, because his confirmed kills were anywhere from 1 to 7. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was active from 77 to 78. Uh, this happened all in New York, and he was sentenced to life in prison. But, yeah, it's just pretty crazy that in this movie, like, this horror film, which, I don't know one of the most renowned of his time is like, yeah. this guy that's actually scarier than the shit happening in the movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking... If,
0: if you have a real-life fucking, like, the closest thing you're gonna get to the fucking devil <laughs> yeah. in your movie about somebody being possessed by the devil. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, the other thing that's interesting is, like, he killed gay men, and they can't even confirm how many people he killed because, again, it was in the 70s, and people just did not care. You know, so... You got another example of somebody who kind of took advantage of the fact that people uh, were very homophobic and they just did not care about the victims, so they didn't bother looking because it was this idea of, mm-hmm. like, well, I'm safe, so who cares? Right. You
1: know? And to reiter- reiterate what a monster is by reading the Murderpedia article, it, under MO it says dismember gay men and, in quotations, for fun. What? For fun? Fun. For yeah. fun. that That's why he dismembered them, according to the article. Which...
0: As that... opposed
2: to being hungry? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. That,
0: <laughs> as opposed to like being hungry or just necessity. Like, necessity is probably one, the yeah. main one. Yeah. Who, who is the affluent
1: person you talked about in an episode or two about the podcast that got
0: away with uh, killing his friend? Oh, Bobby Durst. Robert Durst. <laughs> yeah,
1: Robert Durst, who... I gotta imagine, killing somebody as... Got to be a traumatic event for uh, yeah. for the predator or the victim. Yeah, <laughs> but then to sit there and and dismember a person—that's oh. well beyond uh, any any reasonable action—is truly truly left for the psychotic.
0: Yeah. Well, in in Robert Durst's case, he straight up said one he was scared of getting caught, which I guess makes sense. But he said he was like stoned out of his fucking skull and drunk as shit when he did it. Like, that's how he basically could bring himself to do it. Granted, he was stoned as fuck out of his skull all the time. Every time he's been arrested, they found, like, pounds of marijuana in his trunk, along with just thousands of dollars. And, it's still pretty hard to comprehend. I've
1: been pretty stoned and drunk and both at the same time and never, never could have ever... <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like it would make it harder, you know? Like, like, I feel like high people aren't necessarily, like, Gonna be into cutting a body up like they're probably gonna be way yeah. too into their own head to really be able to cope with that shit. But he did it. <laughs> I
1: couldn't, I couldn't, you know, punch someone in the arm when I'm when I'm stoned versus hack a body up. But yeah, I, I can't think like a serial killer. Apparently,
0: well, and you know that that documentary if you haven't watched it, it's called The Jinx. I highly recommend you watch it. The ending is unfucking believable. Never happened to get on TV. Um, and also, it's just it gets gruesome though. Like they show these body parts being fished out of the water at one point, which was a bit rough. But it's, like, unbelievable. I mean, it's just a fascinating guy, too. Like, you almost like him because he's just has a weird, creepy charm about him. He's creepy as fuck. But well, that's
1: he... how all these guys get away with it, is they're, you know, they have a level of charisma because they know how to manipulate people. They know how to act like a normal person that, you know, is supposed to be liked and everything. That's why all these... All the serial killers you hear about, it's when they interview the people in the community. It's they would think it's the last person that you could think of that would do it. Yeah, just sitting yeah, in the he, kitchen. He was a good a, guy. Yeah, <laughs> sucking, yeah. <a> dismembered,
0: <laughs> talk. You know, like like Jeffrey Dahmer did, or like even Robert Durst. Like he just would like behind the curtain, like behind his facade that you see on the show. Though he was legitimately fucking crazy. Like he pissed in his trash cans at his office, and that's why he was no longer allowed to work there. (laughs) He he, um, shaved off his eyebrows, and he shaved his head when he thought he was going to get caught, because he said he looked weird, but then he stole a sandwich that only cost $5 and got arrested when he had literally $500 in his pocket. Like, I think he, I don't know if he was initially mentally ill, but I think, like you said, murder is traumatic for people who aren't serial killers, and I don't think Robert Durst is a serial killer in the sense of I think by definition, technically, he is. But I don't think he ever wanted to kill necessarily for fun. I think the first one was like one of those rage-you-snap kind of things. And he had enough money and influence to avoid getting caught for it. But then he kept having to clean up his own mess. And, you know, I think it was probably traumatic for him. And I think he fucking went crazy. I just think he honestly just snapped. I, I think he's... I mean, if you watch it, you'll see. He's just way out there. And If you read articles about him, before he killed his next-door neighbor, he was walking around cross-dressing as a sex worker. No explanation for it. Thousands of dollars in his pocket just doing it for whatever reason. Like, there's just, like, a lot of weird, random things he was doing that's just, like, by themselves, you're like, oh, all right. But then, like, when you see it all together, it makes absolutely no fucking sense.
1: I imagine, um, and we're learning more about it every day, thanks to uh, the war in Iraq. And you know, I've seen it. Post traumatic stress disorder is something you don't have to go to war to suffer from. You can, you know, rape victims suffer from P- can suffer from PTSD. And I imagine even if he was a normal person, accidentally killed a buddy, it, a normal person could suffer from PTSD from that and start exhibiting erratic behavior.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's probably what partially happened with him. Now, Paul Bateson, on the other hand, dismembered bodies for fun. I have a feeling that the only PTSD he would have is when he had to stop, if any, you know? Like, he just got it from...
2: I mean, if you go to the art store, those materials are very expensive.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Second I mean, best thing, a human body.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, like... It's fucking preposterous, but... Um, on that note... This podcast has gone fairly long. We've done like an hour and a half. I honestly don't think we're going to have to cut very much out of this one because we didn't really fuck up that bad. But, uh, yeah, it was great talking talk to you. You've honestly been like a really yeah, good man. guest. This went way better than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. There was like, there was that chance that you were just going to be like a really weird guy. So, like, we were just like... Joe like, we like, from Houston, yeah. yeah. we were just hoping I was that... I like, 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 I'm like, going to get on, start spitting chaw, and be like, these Or just being like, you know, yeah. Just you were you were a really good guest, honestly. Yeah, cool like man. this has been good. So thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah, thanks
1: guys. It was a it was a blast for me too.
0: Awesome, glad to hear, it, man. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right, I'm looking forward to the end product. Have a good night, guys. You too. man. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Alright, that was our talk with Joe from Houston. Uh, Like we said, he reached out to us on Twitter and we had a great conversation, so we decided to have him on the show. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, you can contact us on Twitter at things that are underscore, or you can email us at things that are thought at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. That's how we would get ranked and that's how we're going to get our name out to everyone so more people can hear the show. So please do that. Uh, And finally, just thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. Bye, guys.